Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with John and Jonathan. Hi, hey, bud. Hi, bud. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm great. So today, we're going to dive into the favorite topic of commissions, the dreaded word, because yeah. inevitably, people always think that the real estate broker is what? Overpaid. Overpaid. Hey, that was pretty yeah. good. We did not even. We didn't rehearse that. No, we did that not. Was first we take. Not. Keep it in. So we're, we're this. This is this. This podcast is to clarify misconceptions. We'll kind of talk through ideas. Well, yeah. How does it work here? How does it work? What's and what? How do we get paid? And yeah. many times, <clears throat> I think people say, "Oh, you know, all you do is open." <laughs> Open doors. I'm so, ti- I I'm hear, so tired I, of hearing too. that. Me too. And the, if yeah, they could be I'm a from fly you. on the wall of of our day, they would be frankly surprised at what we will end up doing <laughs> and colleagues will end up doing too. Anyway, so let's clarify. So why don't we dive right well, in? Well, the first thing I always like to clarify is the nomenclature, right? So we, we use terms agent and broker kind of interchangeably, but the broker is actually the broker of record. So at the Corcoran Group, where we're at, it's Pam Liebman as the broker of record. She's the leader of the company or the head of the company or whatever. She's the one that sponsors all of the agents that are under the umbrella. An agent is, because there's two different licensures, there's licensed real estate agent, licensed real estate broker. We're both licensed real estate brokers, but... Then there's a third caveat, which is associate broker, which is what we are because we are we do have our brokerage license, which means we could go out and start our own Gazdaska Conlon team firm if we wanted to, but we choose to be sponsored by a broker, which is Pam Liebman. Right. So and the but we use those terminologies really loosely here in the city. We don't use realtor, interesting enough, That's because we are not national members of the National Nor. Association yeah. of Realtors, and they have a trademark on the term realtor. So anytime it's kind of a kind of a trigger when somebody calls us realtors in the city, they haven't really been doing too much around the city because right. no That's broker right. in the city or agent in the city uses that term. So you can tell that they're a newbie. Yeah, they're a newbie. All right. So like, but, let, the, let's but talk the point that. that you're making, which is a very good point, is that the commission is paid to the broker. Commission, commission is, is paid, paid to the, the Corcoran Group or yeah. to Douglas Elliman or to yeah. Brown Harris Stevens or Compass. And ultimately, which is one of the biggest reasons to be sponsored by a brokerage house, is they have errors and omissions and they have, you know, like they have a legal team. They have, you know, so it it's it all trickles down to responsibility as well, which is one of the things, one of the reasons why you decide to stay with a brokerage house. Anytime <laughs> that we as real estate agents or brokers uh, get hired by a prospective seller wanting to sell their apartment, yeah. we will discuss with them our fee structure, mm-hmm. our listing. And we have a listing agreement just as all the other uh, real estate board of New York uh, firms or independent firm, independent brokers will have a, a listing agreement, a standard listing agreement. And in the listing agreement, it will spell out the fee structure. Yeah. And in our listing agreement, it would be a 6% commission paid to the Corcoran Group and then um, split between the Corcoran Group and the cooperating broker, 3% to the cooperating broker. Yeah, and Rebney, as you mentioned, the Real Estate Board of New York, which all the big firms are members of, all the agents are members of uh, that work for big firms, because you have to by their guidelines, you have to join Rebney and you have to pay your dues, et cetera. One of their biggest responsibilities is to dictate how agents interact with one another and brokerage firms interact with one another. So one is the divulgence of a new listing going from, say, the Corcoran Group 
to Douglas Elliman's listing system, to Brown Harris Stevens, to Compass, et cetera. So there's a, the transfer of information, the transfer of the listing information. And then it's also the co-broke. So co-broke meaning the buyer has a, a representative and the seller has a representative. Any commissions received have to be split 50-50. At the onset, of course, that can be negotiated, that can be, you know, talked about in the course of a of a deal and what have you. But it's the starting point is always split 50-50, which is, you know, 90% of our deals that we do, 90 95% of the deals that we do, there's always another agent involved which we'll get into more. That's correct. So, right off the bat, we are, uh, as I said, the standard or the 6% is stated in, in a listing agreement. Each home is going to be different. Um, so on average, the commissions will run between 5 and 6% yeah. on transactions depending on uh, depending on the apartment, depending on how expensive the apartment is, et cetera. Yeah, and depending on how much work is entailed in it. Like, that is correct. We've talked about many times on our podcast, if it's a, if it's a job that requires a lot of front-end work, well, then the 6% is more justified, even if the price is higher. So if you're having to spend hours and hours to guide a seller and logist- help with logistics on a listing, um, well, then it's, you know, that, that should all be taken into account. Without a doubt. And I do believe, and I'm not just saying this as a real estate broker, but we have had apartments which have taken us a, a day to sell in our tenure and like three those. years to sell. Our time is money. Our counsel, our market expertise, our market track record, and then all of our marketing efforts that we bring to the table, whether it's a, a you know from a team perspective, servicing the listing, a marketing perspective with regards to everything from staging to um, negotiating the transaction. What we bring to the table through the Corcoran Group and the Corcoran brand is fully warranted. Our commission is you know, I, I stand very, very firmly on Yeah, that. listen, that varies agent to agent. I would say there's plenty of agents out there that don't deserve a full commission because I've dealt with them. You've dealt with them. Sure. And they don't know what they're doing. And that it, one of the things that I'll, one of the descriptive terms or one of the roles that I will say that we do certainly bring to the table is somewhat of an insurance agent. We're an insurance policy from all the pitfalls uh, that, that you correct. can have. And those pitfalls vary. You know, there's pitfalls with financing and going to a bank. You know, sure. you have somebody that comes in with a pre-approval letter from Rocket Mortgage or Home Loan Depot or something like that, you know, right from the get-go, you're like, mm, let's talk about this. You know, like not to put those those platforms down or those those brokerage uh, down, but that is just on its face. We don't see a lot of that here. So when you go to make an offer and you get a pre-approval letter from Loan Depot or one of these, you know, rocket mortgages or one of the many, many, I mean, there's so many of them that is used all the time outside the city and you see it and you're like, what? Is, what's your response when you get there? You're like, Oh, okay. You haven't really done because it it, through the board package phase, which is obviously very intricate. And when you get to park in Fifth Avenue and center around the park, even more important to really go with somebody that has experience on that side. But in every case, presentation and making sure that everything is buttoned up, it can be the number one pitfall that we guard against. So, and qualifying buyers, who the buyer is on the listing side. Very good point. Very good point. So that percentage that the seller is paying to the brokerage house, who is at the forefront of the marketing of the home, they're just not paying the percentage for the agent to create pictures and floor plan and to expose the listing on the internet or whatever 
whatever marketing efforts the brokerage house brings to the table. Yeah. They are the broker is, I love that expression. That's really good. You didn't even talk to me about that. The insurance policy. I like that. But I think that it is really, really important that particularly in a cooperative situation, but also in a condominium situation, how often as a listing broker do we have to step in and intercede for the buyer's agent yeah. or the buyer's broker to make sure that a board application or this is done or that's done in order to facilitate the transaction. And yeah. the seller doesn't realize it, how much goes into what we're doing and monitoring it because at the bottom line is, whether it's a 5% commission or a 6% commission, we have always erred. We've never let a commission stand in the way of a transaction. And we have always erred on the fiduciary responsibility, the best the best interest of our sellers. And that's come back to us. Yes, as you mentioned, the, the contract for the listing is between the agent, the seller's representative, and the seller, which stipulates the commission. The buyer side doesn't, many times never knows what the commission is, uh, meaning the buyer themselves. The buyer's agent will know because that's information that we uh, put into our listing system, et cetera. But it is negotiated between the seller and the seller's agent. Correct. And not the buyer doesn't have anything really to do with that side of it. So yeah, much like an insurance policy, I would say it, you don't always use what the insurance policy is needed for. I like nothing more than to go through a transaction where there's no surprises and there's no issues and there's we, we don't have to rely on our 40 plus years of combined knowledge to figure out a problem. But I would ask you one question, which is how many deals does that happen on percentage wise? I'd say 0.5%. <laughs> Okay. It's certainly, it's oh, very yeah, yeah. rare. It would and be very rare. Listen, to the buyer's defense on their thinking, oh, I can do this on my own. Typically, I would say that's almost 99% chance that that is a buyer that has either transacted a lot and they have some foot in the real estate world or they've never bought in the city and they've bought outside the city where... It's 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 just not as complicated as it is as it is here in New York City and dealing with the co-op world or just a building world in this vertical living. In their defense, they don't they don't know what they don't know. And many times we've done transactions with a direct buyer, and through the process of that, not only do we then count them amongst our clients because you know they come to the realization of all the work that we do Correct. what a buyer's representative will do because right. then we have to pick up the ball in terms of those things like the board package and such for the buyer so they get to see like oh wow this transaction it's it isn't it isn't as easy as i thought it was going to be is always their response and not one where oh yeah see anybody can do this that's you know? correct and so. yeah we've seen that time and time again so the next part of of the commission discussion i think that's important is to talk about seller concessions all right so i think simply because we've been doing this for a very, very long amount of time. In the beginning of dealing with sellers, I think that agents can, they're very, very hungry, okay? And they want to, they don't want to set, simply stand up for 
who they are as a real estate broker, meaning what yeah. they bring to the table in yeah. terms of the marketing. And so a difficult seller or a, an aggressive seller who wants them to cut their commission on pay you too much, but whatever, they're, they're going to acquiesce to the seller. And I think just because we're, 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 um, you know, we're seasoned real estate brokers and we have many, many, many transactions under our belt, we recognize our value. Mm -hmm. And it's important, I think, from the real estate agent's perspective to defend them, their, their, uh, their fee uh, to the seller. But on the flip side, recognizing that we've had in our tenure many, 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 many sellers that we've done several transactions with, which is great. We're so pleased by that. And acknowledging that a seller who is has a personal con connection to us or a, a seller who we've done many, many deals with, we, we want to work in the best interest of the seller. And so that will sometimes involve concessions made on our part, but it's always dialogued and it's at our jurisdiction. So you've talked about we as the real estate broker as being the insurance agent for the seller, but also- Or the buyer. Or the buyer, exactly. But in terms of how this ties into commission, the real estate transactions in New York City are much more complex in many ways. We are expected as real estate brokers to have a certain- knowledge, obviously, not only of what we're doing, but also expertise mm -hmm. in being able to handle the complexities of the transaction, the challenges regarding um, qualifying the buyers, making sure that the applications look their very, very best, and scrutinizing them page by page, but also having a real sense of the marketplace and properly pricing the homes. They're expect they're coming to us for our market expertise. So, the, and we've seen this time and time again when apartments are really grossly mispriced relative to the marketplace. And we do not do that. We we always tell the sellers we like to price very close to where we believe that the market will respond to mm -hmm. the to the apartment sale and that it will transact. Now, we have had instances where markets have shifted unbeknownst to us where the apartment is then, you know, overpriced or underpriced where we see multiple offers on the table or there's a languishing and we have to adjust the price. It's not a rocket science. No. But yet they're paying our fee they're, they're expecting us not just to take a pretty picture and put up a floor plan and then collect our fee. That's not yeah. what's involved in, in the transaction. Yeah, and it's not just about, yeah, like you said, it's not uh, an exact science. It is, okay, we use our experience to say, what number do we feel it's gonna, the market's going to respond the best at? And then it's educating our client beyond our, if it's a seller here, educating the client, the seller, as to how the market does respond. Nobody's going to get it right every time, right? No. Could be a little bit off here or there, but our best guess, right, in terms of where we're going to get traffic mm -hmm. and hopefully offers. Right. Um, but traffic is key so that then we can translate that to educating our sellers as to, okay, where do we go from here? That's given by feedback on the showings. Mm -hmm. Not just did we get an offer or not, but what are people saying? And of course, we walk through these 
to we walk through the apartments as a buyer's agent and say, okay, what's wrong with this space? If That's I was right. representing a buyer, what am I going to bring to the table on a negotiation with the seller's agent and say, well, this is wrong and that's wrong and this is a little funky and that blah, 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 blah. So we go through our sellers already prepping them for what the feedback, what we think the feedback is going to be. And then we're typically pretty well uh, on the mark there. And we get that feedback and then we relay it to them and it's educating them to get to a decision point, whether that's a decision point on a negotiation, how to respond to an offer or reducing the price. Or perhaps sometimes we have sellers that they really don't want to stage the apartment. They really don't want to spend the money to do this, that, or the other. And we're just very upfront with them and say, well, okay, but this is what we think is going to happen. And if that happens, maybe the decision is, okay, maybe we do now stage the apartment and revitalize it and blah, blah, right, blah. You right. know, so to get to a decision point is is key there. Key. And as you were talking, the, the whole concept of trust is so important. But the sellers are placing their trust in us. And we, you know, we as real estate brokers are called to keep tabs on the marketing of the home. And when I say that, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, you and I will have chats as far as each of our listings, yeah. the status of them, where we feel how the market's responding, if, if the market's not responding, what our uh, position is in all of this, and then being able to intelligently counsel the seller. You know, because we'll have properties that yes. are very unique that it's not going to have a huge draw, a huge Correct. number of people through the door. So there's really no right answers to how many people can I expect you to show the apartment to within uh, the first that week. That is correct. You could show it to one and the first person comes in and yeah, buys it. Or we could show it to 50 and yeah. nobody's buying it. It could be a very blanket, like mass appeal, two bed, two bath on the that's Upper correct. West Side in the 70s that's going to get tons of traffic and tons of people in through the door. Or it could be, you know, ground floor with a spiral staircase yeah. in a small co non-doorman co-op that's correct you know that is in midtown and how many people are going to come through that door so our job is to educate them from the get-go what to expect and setting expectations and continue to counsel them because we're together through the entire yeah. uh, transaction so all of this of course we talked about the typical percentages for commission five to six percent doesn't mean that there's not um, some concessions that are made sometimes with certain instances that have to make a deal. But it is very few and far between. So people many times think, uh, buyers in particular that are on the fence of even working with an agent think, oh, I'm going to go in without an agent. Then uh, I can get that 3% back that they were going to pay to a buyer's agent. That's always, a misconception. Yeah, that, that, that's, is not, that's that is not, not happening. applicable. Yeah. A, you're probably a little bit more of a difficult person to deal with. You're uneducated in terms of what needs to happen. So there's a lot of legwork and a lot of uh, setting of expectations on the buyer side in order to even get to see eye to eye with the seller um, and to know and for us to feel confident that you're going to actually perform the way that you need to perform. So there's a picking up of a lot of responsibility for that sort of situation. And it's just it, it just... It, a lot more just logistical work, doing the board package for them, okay. et cetera. Can it be a windfall? Absolutely. Is there windfalls in every single industry on our planet? Absolutely. Are people that are good at what they do, and are they entitled to those windfalls? Yes, I would argue yes. Listen, it's not that we, we always try to make a deal. You know, we will always 
work as best we can within the confines that we uh, are given. But uh, the caveat is, is it's not always up to the agent. It's never up to the agent, rather. It is up to the brokerage firm. You hired them. You hired the Corcoran Group or Douglas Elliman or Brown Harris Stevens or Compass or Sotheby's. And they're the ones that have to approve any sort of concession. So it is something that that is a, a bit of a myth out there in terms of like, oh, just go to the broker and just blah, blah, you know. Right. You bring up very good points. And the last part of this that I, I think is extremely valuable for anybody who does not have a real estate agent, I concur with you 150%. We work for the sellers, okay? We work for the sellers. And whether it's uh, you're with a with a, a, a subpar agent or you're coming here expecting us to work for you on this and making a, a bad presentation of yourself, you see, how many times have we counseled sellers and said, you know, based on what this buyer is giving to us and the way that their their aggressiveness or their uh, their uh, low low bidding or they're just they're they're not presenting us with all the details. Yeah, question we marks would, around the question marks around yeah. all of them. We would guide you to this buyer and this broker or versus the the buyer that we're getting more money on because we don't work for ourselves. Yeah. And we've the, done that countless yeah, times. And on the flip side, it's not I worth would, it to us. On the flip side, I would say how many seller. times are we working with buyers over our 20 years together? Well, 17 years together. But so, so let's just say 20 years in the business where we're working with a buyer, we get into a bidding situation or a situation where there's another offer already on the table and we win out partially because that broker knows. And when we present an offer, we present all the pieces of the puzzle. We give them all the information and and they know that we know what we're doing and that counts in our, in our client's favor. Many so times. It's, and we do the same thing. If we have three offers and That's one correct. of two of them, we have no idea who the brokers are. We've never worked with them. They present horrible offers, incomplete offers, et cetera. They don't know answers to questions. And then we have another agent that we've worked with in the past and know, and they present a very clear and concise offer with all the sure. answers. Mm, sorry, that carries some weight. Definitely. So definitely. At the end of the day- Always something to consider. We want to try to get the, uh, the transaction closed. Yeah. I would say a testament to uh, the importance of our jobs. And this is, it's going to sound self-serving a little bit, but when you look at the percentage of deals that are done for sale by owners, commonly referred to as FISBOs, FSBO, FISBOs, very, very low in our market. I mean, I'm sure it accounts for less than a couple percent, if even that, in our market as a whole. And when you're talking about thousands of transactions uh, or around, let's just pick a thousand transactions a month or whatever, it's a very, very small number of deals. And that speaks to the relevance of our roles in this uh, industry. It speaks to how important it is to have somebody in your corner, whether you're a buyer or whether you're a seller, and then on the flip side of that, from the buyer's side, how many transactions are done with only one agent involved? We say 90 to 95% of our deals are done with two agents involved. So that in and of itself, to me, statistically tells you one very important thing, which is the role of the agent in New York City 
is not going out of style. It's not being oh, no. replaced by AI. No, it's no, not, no, no, no. Like, this is something that only a select few agents out there, I would say 20% of the brokers out there, have uh, the right skills and such to give you the best chance of success. And it's so important because otherwise, why wouldn't there be more FISBOs done? Because Correct. sellers I know agree. the importance of it. They bought that apartment at some point. They realize the benefit of working with an with an agent representing them. And buyers know, saying only 5 or 10% of buyers buy without the use of an agent. But that's a little bit of a misnomer because they are working with an agent. They're working with the seller's agent to complete that transaction. We have yet to have a buyer uh, come in without representation go to contract, and then know at all what to do from there. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, they, they, they may be good negotiate at negotiating and stuff. One can argue they're, they're, you know, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face, but because they don't look through the same lens as a, as a professional real estate agent or broker will do, but that speaks to it just statistically. We would see it more if it wasn't a warranted position. That's my plug for real estate in uh, brokers in general. And that, I How's think that? it's a great plug. And the last thing that I'd <laughs> like to say about this before we end this podcast is the following. We are a full service, globally recognized brand started by Barbara Corcoran back in 1983, right? We stand behind Corcoran's uh, incredible branding, our market outreach, uh, and we are proud to be real estate brokers at the Corcoran Group in New York City, period. So our fee is warranted. Caution when wanting to list one's home with a discount broker, you get what you paid for. And what we've experienced having sellers come to us to sell their apartment, being the second broker on the property is how uh, poorly they were serviced in terms of the marketing abilities of the discount broker. Yeah. That's the end of that I'm going to say to that. It goes to, to the old adage, if it looks too good to be true... It, it probably is. is. That's correct. And you pay for what you get. And you so. pay for what you get. We'll end on that note. Always a pleasure, bud. A pleasure. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Thank if you, you have thank any you questions, as always, in. reach out to us. You know where to find us. Thank you for tuning in. Be healthy, safe, and most of all, remain in gratitude. See you next time. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, GestaskaConlinTeam.com. Or you can find us on all social media with the handle at GestaskaConlinTeam. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.